Today's show is brought to you by Qualcomm. At Qualcomm, inventing comes first. The rest of the world innovates on top of Qualcomm's foundational inventions. To learn more, visit qualcomm.com slash we invent. Hey, this is Peter Kafka. I'm the host of Recode Media. And in February, Kara Swish and I are going to bring together the smartest and most interesting people in the media world to Huntington Beach in Southern California. We want you to be there. It's the Code Media Conference. It's February 12th and 13th. You can learn more by going to recode.net slash events. Recode Radio presents Recode Decode, coming to you from the Vox Media Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, executive editor of Recode. I have no sense of humor, but in my spare time, I talk tech, and you're listening to Recode Decode, a podcast about tech and media's key players, big ideas, and how they're changing the world we live in. You can find more episodes of Recode Decode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, or wherever you listen to your podcast, or just visit recode.net slash podcasts for more. Today, I'm in Washington, D.C., and my co-host for the month of January, Dick Coslo, is in San Francisco. I just had to get away from him, frankly. Dick is the CEO of Chorus and the former CEO of Twitter, and we've been talking all this month about comedy with some amazing guests, uh, discussing online comedy, how it's changed, uh, and all kinds of things. Welcome, Dick. Welcome to you, too. Uh, it's weird. Now that you're not here, they shoved me up on the roof. Oh, uh, good. And, That's where you me and Walt and some pigeons. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's your last day. We're going to throw you off of it. Uh, and anyway, today in the red chair is someone we're both are huge fans of, Alexander Petri. Uh, just one of my favorite people on Twitter, too, except for uh, Christy Teigen, I have to say. Oh, she's, she's my, amazing. She's no, amazing. I can anyway, do that. Right. Uh, Alexander, right, oh, also Dick Coslo, uh, she writes the Com Post blog for the Washington Post. Some of Alexander's recent columns include Trump respects women, you disgusting floozy, and ladies, let's be reasonable about me too, or nothing will ever be sexy again. She's also the author of a book called A Field Guide to Awkward Silences. Alexander, welcome to Recode Decode. Thanks for having me. No problem. I'm, you know, I am an alumni of the Washington Post. I don't know if you know that. I oh, worked yeah. there for 15 what? years. Fact, yes. The old building. In the old building. I'm an alumni. I started there in the mailroom, Dick. You know this story <laughs> of rags to riches. Um, anyway, uh, we, we're having this show because, one of, obviously, Washington is so funny these days it's, in such a non-funny way. Yeah, exactly. So I want to get a little background for you, wh- wh- how you got to writing a humor column. Now, the Post has long had them. Um, uh, Gene Weingarten had one. A whole bunch of different people had comedy kind of columns. Oh, yeah. In, especially in the style section or in Sunday style. Talk a little bit about how you got to where you are. Well, I actually, I grew up reading the Post, and so I would always start from the back with, like, the comics section mm-hmm. and the Dave Barry you'd have in, like, yeah. on the weekends you yeah. have on the glossy style Post magazine. Mm-hmm. I'm now forgetting the name of it, but yeah. he, you have Dave Barry in there and you have Gene Weingarten, and I was like, oh, this is a, a career that it's possible to have. You can just write jokes about what's going on. Right. And so I also, growing up, was always a big reader of, like, comedy columns mm-hmm. specifically is like a format. So I was sitting there like with my big Thurber compilations and hanging out, which all the like 1920s issues. Thurber. Yeah. I mean, he's not so much like topical humor as just humor in general. Right. Whereas like I grew up in Columbus and everything was terrible. Mm-hmm. And my grandfather was a Civil War veteran and he thought the war was still going on. Mm-hmm. And so, but I just grew up reading a lot of people who were really funny on the page. Mm-hmm. And so that, I guess, kind of came out when I started writing myself. It was like, how do I, in the space of 750 words, make jokes that hopefully people will audibly laugh at instead of sort of looking at and going, hmph, mm-hmm. which is also a valid response. Right, to- hmph is always a valid response. <laughs> Although at Second City, whenever, whenever people who were performers would watch a show and something was funny, we'd just kind of look at each other and go, that's funny. You know, when you're doing it, you would see something on stage and everyone else is laughing. And the people who would also perform would just nod and go, that was funny. Yeah. Oh, that's you the highest compliment, whole, though. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's, 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 the, it's the reaction you get. You get the like, huh. Uh-huh. That's huh. good. That's as good uh-huh. as it gets. Mm-hmm. Huh. Like at a certain point, you're desensitized to it. Like if you spend your whole day like making yeah. shellfish and someone gives you a good shellfish, you're not going to be like, wow, best thing I've ever tasted. I enjoy this. You're just like, I'm around these all day. Yeah. They're slimy. They're disgusting. Yeah. But I approve of what you've done here. All right. So, you, so how did you get to – it is. How did you get to uh, writing that, writing the column? Well, so the, you, did you, were you a regular reporter or what? I don't know your background. No, I actually well, – I started off as an intern for the opinion section. Oh, like, wow. For the editorials. Yeah. And so I got to write very serious – 
like do all this reporting about things like should we have a stop sign here and like should we uh, – What's going on with net neutrality back in the day? So this was and, the internship, the post-internship. Yeah. So you had applied from college, yeah. right, essentially. So And that was where you were yeah. doing that. And it was all, like, unsigned, serious voices. Unfunny. Type. It's been unfunny since Meg Greenfield. <laughs> you know, <laughs> oh, yeah, no. There's still, like, a chair of honor being like, Meg Greenfield. She's in the movie, The Post. They, the woman plays her really well, actually. But she was not the funniest person, I, as I recall, yeah. uh, working there. So you did that, and then how did you get to... The column. Well, I basically, I kept, whenever I wrote stuff under my own name, it would have jokes in it. I, w- mm-hmm. I would keep trying to sneak jokes into the editorials. And they would be like, this is, we don't really need a pun here. Mm-hmm. We often need puns, but not here, not now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they, they did a pre- they weren't, weren't trying to stifle me. And so at first, I shared a column with Dana Milbank. And because mm-hmm. they were like, you both write jokes. Mm-hmm. Maybe you should have a blog <laughs> together. And so it was funny because he had this blog called like Rough Sketch. And so they had a giant picture, like a regular picture of his head and then there would just be stuff that I'd written underneath this large picture of Dana Milbank's head and mm-hmm. all the comments would be like Dana why are you writing from the perspective of a 23 year old woman right. <laughs> he'd be like this isn't ideal for either of us I feel right. and so eventually we sort of I got my own blog and mm-hmm. he just continued writing op-ed columns were they just handing out blogs at that and they time, all have to have at a that name. time honestly right. they kind of were yeah. no and every post blog had posts in the name handing out blogs like they were candy over there candy. at the Washington Post <laughs> they did yeah. though it's like, well, how hard can it be to write a good blog? And Ezra Klein was like, actually, somewhat difficult. Okay. <laughs> Ezra Klein's not funny. It requires. <laughs> Ezra Klein is here, and he's not funny. Don't tell him, but he's not. <laughs> he tries to be funny. He's very not funny. Um, but that's his thing. That's his, like, talent. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> as Will Rogers said, we can't all be heroes because someone has to sit on the curb and clap as they go by. Right, yeah. that's true. That's a fair point. So you started writing it as a blog. Is that what you consider it right now? Well, it's, it's a blog most of the time, but every weekend it transforms into, like, pumpkin-like <laughs> into a column on the print page. But uh-huh. now I'm actually syndicated, so tell newspapers if they want me, they can have me. Oh, I see. Uh, <laughs> She's using jazz hands. Yeah. Right here, <laughs> jazz hands are, like, just Thanks assume I'm visual. doing jazz hands unless proven otherwise, yeah. basically. So is it welcome in Washington, the idea of, because uh, our book wall, I guess, yeah, it really is. Washington politics has a tradition of that kind of stuff. Like, there's always this one column where you're, like, halfway through and you're like, oh, this person making a familiar case is actually making it as a joke, right. which is a problem you do have, especially doing, like, satire-type things as opposed to more obviously, like, here are some jokes about the states and why they're funny places to be. Mm-hmm. You'll get, I, I think, and they may dispute this, but I was on the radio recently and I had written this, like, what I thought was relatively clearly a satirical piece. And they're mm-hmm. like, so you made this case. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I, I don't think I made that case. I thought I made the opposite of that case. Right, right, but you right. will run into the problem where people will think you're not joking. Oh, that's not good. And like the, the Trump uh, White House sent out one of my pieces as in their like official morning newsletter last January or during the first time that his sort of tax idea bill came up, they were like, I had written this piece saying, it will fix everything that's wrong with the economy by punching it in the face. And they were like, oh, the Washington Post loves our new plan. Oh, no, really? <laughs> then oh. in the afternoon, they took it down. Oh, my God. Really? They thought it was serious. They saw this positive headline, I think, and assumed yeah. it, it was one of those things where if you'd read the second sentence, you would have yeah. probably not shared it. Yeah, but, it was an intern, a guy who's head of drug policy or something like that who's 22 years old. Yeah. Um, that story you guys are writing about the 24-year-old who's running the office of drug policy is disturbing in the extreme. You can't even joke about it. It's really No, yeah, that's, that's the trouble with a lot of this is yeah. it's, you laugh, but then you're like, people's lives are being destroyed. Right, absolutely. Yeah, that's well, that's comedy. Um, so, so talk a little bit about sort of the atmosphere right now in Washington. It just yields yourself. Like you're saying, that that's a really good point. It's like, this is such heavy comedic, you know, Dick, I think you've talked that about, like, this is such a heavy comedic time and so dire at the same time. Yeah, it's sort of, I feel like there's a lot of humor in situations where you just need to, you, you know you're going to see something awful every day and you just have to cope with it in some way. I've never been a surgeon, but I assume they're constantly joking with one another to mm-hmm. keep their spirits up. Right. And I feel like it's similar where like, it, because every day the news is so dire and every day you hear, you know, oh, a 24-year-old has just pushed some people down the stairs in wheelchairs. And also Donald Trump has like six hamburgers in every hand. And mm-hmm. you know, just like this weird cocktail of absurdity. And so you have to remember, this is wild. This is happening every day, but it's still completely not a thing that should be happening. Right. And sometimes jokes can be useful for getting through that by just like making eye contact across the room with someone and saying, oh, are you seeing this? I'm seeing this. This is not normal. Right. Well, is it hard to write comedy about that? It's it's interesting because I think about like everyone does joke. I was talking to a bunch of people uh, actually in Europe, oddly enough, just recently, just yesterday. Um, And uh, 
they were like, it's not funny, Kara. And I was like, well, it's a little funny. Like, it's, it's slightly funny. And, and at the same time, I realized they're absolutely correct. It's yeah. not funny, that kind of stuff. So why don't you talk about the, your process of how you, you do this and, and writing. Dick, have you written? Have you, have you done columns? I've never, I've never interned nor written for a paper. No, but writing, have you written? No, I don't use the written word. I prefer it. (laughs) And have you been a stand-up, Alexandra? I did, like in college, I did a little bit. Yeah, I did the same thing. I did stand-up in college. That was was it for me. HC sucks. Because we had the acronym sucks, the Stand-Up Comic Society, and there was a whole network across... Where'd yeah. you go to college? Harvard. Oh, you were that. roommates with uh, Megan Amram. Yes, from, I was. Uh, who was a uh, big-time writer now out in the Hollywood. Oh, yeah. No, she's the biggest timest. Like, she gave us all unreasonable expectations of what would happen, which was you would graduate from college, people would instantly recognize your in- immense merit, and suddenly you would be a wildly successful comedy writer, beloved by all. <laughs> all right, where is she working? So you two, She was you on the Silicon Valley uh, season three when I, when I was there, and she's a oh, uh, okay. head writer for another show now. Which show is that? I don't know what she moved on to. Well, she's on Good Place. That's also. right. That's right. Of course. Yeah, Good, good Place. place. Yeah. She's writing for Good Place. So, uh, so you guys, you were comic together. So yeah. You, so you did what? You were you worked for the Crimson? Yeah, how did you or? end up being roommates? Because that's yeah. sort of an odd coincidence that you and Megan ended up uh, rooming together. Or well, not yeah. an odd coincidence, since you were both like, <laughs> you're doing this, I'm doing this. We no, should get a place. Of, freshman year, we both wrote the, we co-wrote the freshman musical because... Uh, they had like a lot of opportunities well, only to write Harvard, musicals. Only Harvard really would have only Harvard would have a freshman musical. <laughs> Specifically right? for freshmen Come only. On. Yeah. <laughs> so we discovered we had a mutual affection for puns that bordered on sort of torture to those around us. Uh-huh. And so Megan is very punny. She's very yeah. she's big on the puns. Yeah. Oh man, no, like literally, like every day or so, we're just like texting back puns to one another. Be like, hey, I thought of a pun for you, mm-hmm. and they're they're bad, but they're they're plentiful. <laughs> and so then we went on to write the Hasty Pudding Show, which is another pun-rich mm-hmm. uh, drag musical, and that's. So we did that for two years. And so we're, it's just like it'll be easier if we just live together. So I can come and knock on your door and like throw puns at you, mm-hmm. and um. Which was nice because I was never like, oh, are, are women funny? I'm like, only women are the f- are very funny. <laughs> but we're going to get to women funny in a little bit. But so by you, the way, so can you, I just say you two sound like you're in a hurry. It really sounds like things are a little bit sped up there in Washington. <laughs> no, it's Out not. Here in it San is, Francisco, yes, things are very calm and relaxed. No, no. <laughs> we're each drinking 300 coffees. Yeah, no, no, no. It is true. Why? When you do get to Washington, it changes. The mood changes, and everything's sort of frantic. We're going to get to the topics of the day, obviously, too, okay. because of the government shutdown and the non-shutdown and the caving and things like that. As I said, lots of material for you. Um, but so you just start doing this essentially. Just start writing, and the posts. Well, because people it. started reading it, and they, that was nice to see, and also made them feel like, oh, maybe people want to hear this sort of thing, and right. then. Uh, especially during the election, it sort of doing a recap on the page of what was going on. People, one of the things I love most about watching regular television is after you've watched it, you can go and sit down and read on like Vulture or somewhere what someone else who watched it thought of it. And right. I feel like getting to do that for the debates and things like that was sort of how a lot of people discovered me and was a lot of fun to do. And right, so, right, which is a tradition of online. A lot of the, the, the recaps, recaps have been oh, some yeah. of the best and most comedic things going rather than watching the actual shows. No, you don't need to watch the whole show. You just need to know, like, here's, like, the three takeaway lines and also what uh, the writer thought about the through line. Right. And so so in Washington still, though, is a place of great... Um, they think a lot of themselves here. But you know what I mean? How, else, how, oh, how yeah. would you put that, Dick? I would say they think a lot of themselves there, and they work. They all wear suits. It's very serious town. It's right, very yes. um. We are doing the important work. It's like the Davos of Washington. We are the Davos, doing <laughs> of Davos of the country. You mean? Yes, I'm kidding. Um, they're, yeah. they they. Uh, Dick, why are you in Davos? <laughs> Curious. Yeah. Is that happening now? I think it is happening yes, now. Yeah. Why is that oh, happening well, now? That's why there's. You used to that's go. why there's no one here in San Francisco. That's yeah, why the streets are empty. Did you used to go? You no, used to I never go. went. Really? Not even one time. Not wow. even one time. So Ooh, far. First world problem. I know. No, yeah. you just it's a long play it's a long ways away. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But it would seem a place for a Twitter CEO to go to. Yeah. <laughs> it would seem a place they would love to discuss you. The implications there of Twitter on the global economy. <laughs> Stuff like that. And so all right, let's get back Alexander, let's get back to the do, then we'll, I don't do well on the mountains. 
You don't do well. No, I prefer to be down here by the by the water, by the ocean, at sea level. <laughs> Dick does better at sea level. Um, so, walk us through your process of doing this. You, whatever you feel like writing, you just pick a topic, or what? How do you think about it? Well, mostly I'll I'll, I'll read the news. I, I, I sort of constantly have Twitter open, which mm-hmm. is terrible for my sort of. I mean, I love Twitter. I'm sorry, I don't mean to be like ah, Twitter. It's terrible for my general feelings and opinions. That's okay. You can but, tell him he's Dick has ruined American democracy. He knows. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> But I love how it's like, oh, it's where all the journalists are making jokes to one another about the news that's happened. Because usually you'll find out about a breaking news event because someone will have made a joke referencing that event obliquely. And like there, somebody was joking, I I forget who on Twitter, that's like when a meteor comes, eventually they'll just say, oh, here, can't wait for that big rock to hit us all. Yeah, right. Exactly. It's like, finally, something the rock won't be loved. And you're like, oh, it's because a meteor is coming. And you have to like reverse engineer it from the joke. But so I will just be reading or watching the news and I will become incensed by something. And usually like that's the trigger for whatever the mm-hmm. column turned out to be is whatever mm-hmm. enrages me. And then uh, I guess sort of... What's the what's the trigger what, of, of an event? Just any event or any, is there any particular... It's mostly politics. It's, yeah, right? it's mostly politics because that's sort of the DC of it is mm-hmm. that I'm the sort of person who, if left untended, would still read articles about Ted Cruz and like what he's up to and mm-hmm. how he's feeling. And I feel like that sort of sets DC apart from the rest of the population. Mm-hmm. Like... People here are genuinely excited that C-SPAN's on the radio. You're driving along. You're like, oh, boy, C-SPAN radio. <laughs> I'm at home. And so I think that that feeling of like this is what I'm watching and this is what I'm nerding out about. Mm-hmm. And sort of then also this is how hor- where everything is going horribly wrong. Mm-hmm. And those things I feel, combine. I feel like after Trump is no longer president, it's going to we just won't be able to get enraged about anything anymore. Everything else will mm-hmm. be like, oh, it seems that's fine. You know, it'll no, be like it'll be challenge. hard to get to the next. Like it'll the per- next person will be able won't be able to do anything that will like make people go. That's insane. We'll just be it'll be unless have been so far unless, over the edge. Unless it's President Kardashian. <laughs> <laughs> Kim wore a tan suit today. Yeah. It was unpardonable. <laughs> um, so 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 I want to get the president. Then I do want to talk about Trump pretty much the whole time. There is some. So you sit down, you pick the topic. It's often Trump. It's at this point, it's often or something yeah. like that. And then how do you? decide to do and who edits these things I have I have an editor and I'll, I'll send it in and then they'll sort of I'll say usually I will write like double the column that I need to have written and I'll put some brackets around it being like this paragraph is probably not necessary <laughs> tell me if you like this joke and then we'll go back and forth on it and then when it's okay they'll ch- check it and make certain all my links go to actual pages and not to weird uh, non-pages Porn sites yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> whitehouse.com remember whitehouse.com um, <laughs> and Man, uh, I do. I remember that. I get it. Yeah, that, the school that was library. A, that was a whole. That was a whole thing. Whitehouse.com. Yeah, yep. All right, but and, and then it'll go up, and then I'll be looking around, and something else will have arisen. And so every day, there's like 18 things I want to be and writing. You do once a day, but usually do. just one emerges. One yeah. emerges. <laughs> Where some days three emerge, and the previous day nothing emerged because I was typing in three windows like some sort of weird. Uh, Pacific Rim character. And how, what, how, how does it, that's coming back. There's a new one. I'm so excited. Are yeah. you? Really? Yeah. It's a terrible movie. I, um, okay. All yes, right. but I loved it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so comedic in its own way. Uh, so you, and then you, is there stuff that you're, that they don't want you to cover or you have whatever you want to cover? I think most, mo- for the most part, they've been very good about letting me cover things. I think one time I tried to write a piece about Liberace that had no basis in the news, but that was years ago. <laughs> and they were like, why are you writing about Liberace? I'm like, because Liberace is great. But right, right. That, that was not what right. the day called for. But in for. general, you can pick anything you want. And nothing's off limits. I, I think I, I sort of have my own sense of, like, what's off limits, but I, I don't. no one's ever come down on me and been like, how dare you, et cetera. And, like, we don't do this here. And any complaints? Have you how how any often complaints? does Bezos call you and go, that was nice work, Alexandra? <laughs> Zero times. <laughs> Keep it up. Yeah, does he ever come storming? I want to. He should go yeah. storming through the newsroom. Really? With yeah, big just arms now? storming through the newsroom, you know, and like, this <laughs> is what we're this is what we're doing here. Right. Exactly. Can you see him doing that? I, I, I can, a little bit. Really? Yeah. Do you come know on. him? No. Yeah. No. Of course. My favorite. 
My yeah. favorite thing is now he's on every award show. I will. It'll, there's a, a certain point during every award show when the camera just pans over and there's Jeff Bezos. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, because Amazon also makes everything. Uh, everything. <laughs> right, exactly. Are you allowed to make fun of Jeff Bezos? I think I have to disclose. I, I mean, I, I'm sure I am. Because I have a lot of material. I could be like, Jeff Bezos, the founder and CEO of Amazon, also like owns the post. Right. Uh, so you have to do this little disclaimer thing. But then I can just be like, whatever. Because he's comic gold. There's so much going with the headquarters. You could make fun of that quite a bit. Oh, I, I am. I'm literally writing about the headquarters. Oh, so good. I'm, I'm, it's mostly just me realizing that I don't have a lot of information about what makes for a good headquarters. But Yeah, yeah. Well, it's kind of a ridiculous sideshow at this point, but that's all right, as long as it's keeping cities excited about Amazon. <laughs> it's um, down to 20. It's down I to 20. Like We're in the summer. We're in the quarterfinals. The three, three of those 20 are D.C. <laughs> I right. mean, loosely speaking, like Montgomery yeah. County and also Northern Virginia and also D.C., three separate places that don't share any resources. Right. You know what's interesting? <laughs> he'll, he'll pick where he wants to live, actually, where he wants to live next. Uh, it could be here. It could be New York. I think it's New York or here. Um, so you, uh, so so to finish up this section, so you, you just write it, it goes in, and that's it. That's it. That kind of, and, and if someone, but have you gotten complaints from people that don't like being made fun of? I mean, do you find, Washington's not the I'm, most. Oh, yeah. No, well, one time I got something from, like, someone had told, like, Newt Gingrich had told a fellow reporter, and he, like, actually enjoyed the piece. And it was about, like, Donald Trump turning into a bat, and he was like, <laughs> hey, not bad. Oh, <laughs> so, so they like, you think there's a sense of humor here? Among I people. think some people have senses of humor, and other people become enraged. And it really varies by per the person and the, th and the thing you're writing about. But people do take themselves very seriously and what right. they're doing very seriously. Right. But some people don't take one of those things right. seriously. Right. I, you know, it's a sort of a similar thing. And uh, the only person who actually would laugh at things, two people, Dick, in, Sil in Silicon Valley, which you and Ariana Huffington, pretty much, <laughs> that, that laugh at themselves. Everyone else that we make jokes about or we're really hard on really gets like, Why'd you say that person. about me? Why did yeah. you say yeah. that about me? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That was really mean, Kara. That was really mean. Like, especially, like, well, the, actually, third one, Jerry Yang, when we had the whole series on oh, Raise yeah. the Yang yeah. Tannic. Yeah, that yeah. was... Yeah, Why was do you think that is in Silicon Valley? Oh, God. That's a whole other show. <laughs> Dick, you want to take that one? There's <laughs> just a lot of earnestness here. It's oh, very... Earnestness. It's all very It's not pompousness, it's earnestness. When, when, when we were... When uh, Megan and I were, um, a, a couple years ago, uh, working on Silicon Valley... I say Megan and I, like it was our show. Um, we were in the, in the room together. Um, I remember at one point I asked uh, just the folks in the writer's room, like, what, what is it as you've been back and forth up to Silicon Valley that, you know, strikes you as funny, that strikes you as just odd? And they all immediately said, oh, listen, man, it doesn't matter what company you're talking to. They all say, you know, we're changing the world. We're making mm -hmm, the world a better mm -hmm. place. And, better you place. know, and these guys in the writer's room were like, do you, you know the... Guys next door say that, and the guys upstairs say that, and the guys downstairs who are putting virtual mm -hmm. mustaches on people also say that. Um, there's yeah. just a lot of that here. Yeah, earnestness. But yeah. Er earnestness mixed with a sort of a little bit of arrogance. Yes, I, I think that's fair. Complete obtuseness. Yeah. Obtuseness and, and, and self-regard that is in the higher ranges. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you think you're capable of changing the world, yeah. that already puts you on a level yeah. Yeah. above. yeah. Self-regard that's, like, self that's in the not visible uh, frequency. Yes, yes, yes. Um, <laughs> it was a, a separate chart for was, that. You laughed at my three three Peters and a dick yeah. joke. I thought that was great about the board of Twitter. Yeah, he thought it was, was funny. I, that was a good joke. Yeah. Come on. No, it, was, it got to the point where we even had two. There were two of them were Peter C., Peter Chernin and Peter Curry. So right, that was a exactly, whole problem. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you're ruining my joke yeah. now. Um, Sorry. And then Ariana was, when when I wrote a very eviscerating column about her, she called up and I thought she was going to yell at me. And I was like, I don't want to hear it, Ariana. She goes, oh, one of your, I'm not going to do her accent. She goes, uh, you have a grammatical error in the third paragraph. I thought you'd like to know. Thank you. Have a good day. And she hung <laughs> <laughs> which I like. Some could perceive that as shame. Everybody else, not at all. They're very furious about different when you go after them. All right, we're here with Alexander Petri. Uh, she has a column called Com Post Blog at the Washington Post, and she's very, very funny. We're going to talk about the Trump administration and the comedy goldness of it, and we're here with my co-host, Dick Costello, in his last show. Dick, obviously, was Before I ride off into the sunset. Before you ride off and to get your own your own podcast. <laughs> um, he's the former CEO of Twitter, and he does other things. I'll show you. I'll show. get my own podcast. You, you you should get one. I really think that's true. I, that's, a comp, that's an actual compliment I'm paying you. Right. Anyway, when we get back, we'll talk more. Today's show is brought to you by Qualcomm. At Qualcomm, inventing comes first. When they connected the phone to the internet, Qualcomm's foundational inventions created the mobile revolution. And now as Qualcomm leads the world to 5G, their inventions will enable new industries and the next great product the world can't live without. Qualcomm is inventing the tech the world loves. 
To learn more, visit qualcomm.com slash weinvent. I'd also like to tell you about one of our other podcasts, Recode Media with Peter Kafka. Peter, who'd you talk to this week? Hey, Kara, guess who I talked to this week? I will tell you, Dave Finocchio. He's the CEO of Bleacher Report. I know you don't love sports, sports ball, as you call it, but he's a really interesting guy. He built a company, sold it to an even bigger company, Time Warner, uh, left, standard thing, came back. We talked about why he did that, how you make content in 2018, what the Facebook changes mean for him and everybody else. Um, it's a really interesting conversation. I guarantee you will enjoy it, even if you have zero interest in sports. That means you, Kara Swisher. Sounds great, Peter. You can find Recode Media on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We're here in the studio in Washington, D.C. with Alexander Petri. She has a comedy column at the Washington Post called Compost. It's a blog and also appears as a column on Sundays. We're also here with my co-host for this month, uh, Dick Costello, and we've been talking about comedy online and all kinds of comedy issues topically. Um, Alexander, the Trump administration, it's fantastic for someone who's writing funny, funny stuff. I, I mean, it, it kind of is, but it also isn't. Mm-hmm. To, to, Talk about that. To, to the extent that Donald Trump has been playing himself on television for since before I was born. Mm-hmm. And when somebody's already sort of flattened in certain dimensions so that you appear more realistic on television, mm-hmm. it's harder to really add anything by just doing like a straight up parody of mm-hmm. somebody like that. Right. And so he uh, he's a better Trump impersonator than any Trump impersonator will ever be. Right. But I do like the sort of like cast of characters that mm-hmm. have yeah. assembled around him. It's a real cast of characters. He's got <laughs> yeah, that's him. a good way to put yep. it. Like, you've got... It's like Cheers. It's Except, some, like, you, except worse. you don't want to go there every week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you have to. Like, you turn on the television, there's only one channel, and it's just, like, George Papadopoulos or uh, that wonderful gentleman who arrived Miller, for 10 days and then oh, vanished. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. Scaramucci, uh, the mooch. Scaramucci, the mooch, yeah. Kara loves it's, it's the mooch. Kara, listen, what you don't mooch. know is Kara loves the mooch. I do love she the mooch. She loves them. We, we've been, I'm having lunch with them. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I knew it. What, what of he? course you are. <laughs> You're I having lunch with the mooch. I, we keep talking about it. We'll see. We'll yeah, see wait. if he comes through. I got to go to New York. I got to go have lunch. Are you kidding? I'm going to go to his restaurant. We're going to have a giant steak. I'm going to wear my silk tie. It's going to be great. The whole thing. That sounds fantastic. I know. I'm looking forward to it sadly for myself um that's the problem is i'm like i can't believe i'm participating in this horror show no but it's like self-care is important and if your yes. form of self-care is having lunch with the moose <laughs> yes exactly so talk about the characters of the trump administration because washington's always been funny it has always had characters you know here but like some people you really have to work at like and you get and almost entirely give them a personality of your own choosing whereas right. these people come pre-assembled right. it's sort of like the kit <laughs> um and like if you look at like, we'll go through them so you got trump who's at the center you got trump you've who's got the archie bunker of it all. You've got this like weird community production of the lion in winter that is his family. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and like, just like, who's Jeffrey? You could just have a full, like, right. it's always been me, father. Um, but so it's so the second son. What's his name? Uh, Eric. Eric, yeah, Eric. Oh, man. Eric. I like, well, Eric has birthday card. I, I like that they like send out an email being like, hey, don't forget to wish Eric a happy birthday. And right. I'm like, doesn't he have like three other people we should be wishing happy birthday to? <laughs> right. But it's good that they all have love and for Tiffany, one another. Tiffany. I mean, Tiffany. Oh, yeah. Uh, you keep forgetting The her. unknown soldier. <laughs> okay. So but, she's got the, this family around her. And, but, and Ivanka, presumably. What is she to you, comedically? Well, my, my favorite thing is Jared and Ivanka, they, all the Washington publications have, like, taken it on themselves to be as, like, specifically, like, like the D.C. sort of, like, social scene publications are, like, they are not fitting in well. And they arrive at brunch and people turn and walk away. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> and, 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 like, all these, like, sort of unnamed sources being, like, they are miserable and we saw them at brunch and we didn't even acknowledge them. <laughs> <laughs> and it's and like all this, like their friends back in New York are like, oh, yes, it's a very difficult time for them. And like they are they did not recently go to a gala because they knew they would not be well received, which is a tragedy because their brands have been so successful so far. Yeah. And so there's this like very specific tragedies <laughs> playing out for them. Right, socially. And also like my other, not my favorite thing about the Fire and Fury book that took us all by <laughs> storm was they were trying to make Jervanka happen, which right. I've never heard. Right. Like, no, it's Jervanka. It's Jervanka. Yeah. yeah. It's like, get your portmanteaus right. You're making me question the whole veracity right. of yeah, this Yeah, maybe they call it Jervanka at the White House. Or maybe Steve Bannon calls it Jervanka. Right. But Steve Bannon, the, the book was just, 
uh, most of it was like, by the time you got to the end of it, it was Steve Bannon has also lost 20 pounds and will be president soon. Right, right, right. (laughs) That's certainly a take that you would get, but I I assume only by sitting next to Steve Bannon and just having him talk to you for a long period of time. How do you look at him as a comedic material? Just... His vision of the world is terrifying, and his whole sort of like, no, 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 it's economic nationalism, which is not white supremacy. That's mm-hmm. a very different thing. Right. It's ridiculous how many people are like, oh, sure, probably. Yeah. We buy that. Which, right. No. I mean, all the forces he's activated are like evil, bad. W- what are the things you use comedically with him? I mean, the, uh, his looks, obviously. Well, I don't like going after people's looks because that's such a Trump strategy. It's yeah. like, on the one hand, like, it's some people's exteriors and interiors match nicely, mm-hmm. um, but— like pointing that out when there's so many other things that they're doing or like like his sort of grandiose I'm a chess master playing on like 18 levels to me is funnier than like oh like he looks like an I've made some choices yeah yeah I made some sartorial choices that are poor yeah the inside of his liver and the outside of his no um oh you're going there buddy no I'm I'm not I apologize my favorite one of my favorite supporting uh, supporting actor is the Miller guy that Miller. Stephen Miller guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that look that he's got on his face is, you can't beat that. That priceless, self-serious yeah. look. How would you describe him? Dave? I mean, mostly I've described him in the context of he'll show up at the press uh, briefing and rant about how the Statue of Liberty, in fact, the poem was added later. And so it's, it's more like <laughs> someone— They painted it, on the gold flame. It wasn't a light. It wasn't meant yeah, to light no, the way for you. Yeah, no, she was shooing them away was, with a torch. Was, get out, get back, get back, <laughs> you unwashed messes yearning to breathe free. But so I think, like, was, all of these people— was originally laid down sideways to block the harbor. <laughs> yeah, the French <laughs> sent it, and we sent it back. Um, but then we woke up in the night, and it appeared in the harbor. But no, I, I think like his views are much more. No, it's to great. Be made like fun the, of. the yeah, that the that the poem was added later. The poem was added later makes Although it irrelevant. People, yeah, well, and it's also like that's like a talking point of people who are yeah. creepy and wrong. Yeah. And like he, it's he a got totally that. a talking point of people who are right. creepy and wrong. That's totally right. a Miller comment. Yes. And I just would just, every time I would go like that when I see him, that's how I would bother as a reporter. Like he's like, he peers in the mirror behind you yes, when you exactly. whisper something. Um, <laughs> that's right. That's right. That He's that guy. Yep. Don't say it three times, Stephen Miller, Stephen Miller. Stephen. <laughs> yeah. No. If you say it, you die, right? Yeah. He, or he arrives and like becomes a presence in your life, which is mm-hmm. even worse. Um, yeah. That's insidious for or something like that. Yeah. No, this whole administration is insidious for, um, I assume. Miller, to me, is the funniest one there at this point, at this moment in time. But I just think like he's easy to make fun of, but everything he advocates for is so terrifying and he's being right. listened to and given a platform by this. Right. And so I mostly try to make fun of what he's advocating for and being like, this is bad. Don't say this. Yeah, later I want to talk about whether you can actually kill these people through comedy, which is a way it's done. It's been done before over histor- historically. There's all kinds of ways to. Yeah, when? When was it done? <laughs> Many old Twain, all I want to know. <laughs> I need to do it. Um, I, but I want to get through this, Mr. Uh, uh, Melania. Oh, Melania. Well, I sort of, my favorite Melania piece ever was in the New York Times magazine, Chimamanda oh, the, and Gozi yes. Adichie wrote this, like, um, yes. incredible that Mrs. Dalloway parody that was, it's, right. what if inside Melania is this? Right. And I just thought that was, th- that's my ca- headcanon for what Melania's life is right, like. Right, right, but that was sad. That was so sad. It was beautiful. It was a beautiful piece, and I thought, exactly, this is her life. Yeah, I feel like a lot of this, like, if you laugh at gothic horror, this is a great administration to find comedy in. Right. Because sometimes you just describe it, and it's like, oh, no, this is a Bronte novel, and it's like a less beloved Bronte novel. Yeah, <laughs> the one you didn't want to read. Um, but, you know, but then again, when she does the Christmas thing, it's like, again, comedy gold. Oh, that, the, just the visuals from that. Yeah. And our Eric Thomas wrote this really hilarious thing. We just went through and captioned all of them, where it's like, <laughs> like... I think, like, the white witch from Narnia would like to speak to your manager. <laughs> and it was like, yes, this is everything. So the, the like, pottery barn nightmare of <laughs> everything that was going on. It's like, what if we didn't have, like, non-white decorations? What would right. that look like? Oh, right, right. here's what it would look like. Right, 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 exactly. Um, and then uh, you stay away and from— the ballerinas. Oh, my God, the ballerinas. <laughs> Did you go to that event? No. <laughs> they were just ballerinas. It was just Melania my ballerinas. My favorite was Melania by herself and ballerinas. That, I mean, that I know there were photographers documenting it, but I like to picture it was just— yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel captions aren't used enough. Spy Magazine used to. If you, yeah. Dick, do you yeah, remember the caption? Yep. The captioning was amazing. If you go back and look at old issues, they just had pictures with captions, and the captions were 
literally the funniest things. They make you laugh for days and days. Uh, the way they captioned them, and it was often Donald Trump, like Ooh. you know, when they they the short fingered Bulgarian. Bulgarian. Yes. Yeah, didn't uh, Graydon? I think Graydon coined that term Graydon. in Spy Magazine. He did. He did yeah. indeed. Um, and what about the uh, the side players? Ryan, uh, you know, Lindsey Graham. There's so many. There's oh, well, those like, I love because they keep sort of st- making these bold statements, and then you look at what they're actually doing on the right. page or in action, and it's completely different. So. I like, and they're always like, oh, we got to have a legislative achievement. It doesn't matter what that is or how destructive right. it is to lives. Like, let's just have this Which one's the funniest of the, the, to use? Which one do you like writing about? Oh, honestly, I really enjoy writing about Ted Cruz, and I'm sad he's faded into the background. He has, he has. Um, but Eddie like, Munster. Hmm. It's, a, it's a real referendum on this administration that, like, Ted Cruz, who otherwise would be a captivating and mesmerizing figure, is just like a, not a nobody. He uh, is, yeah. Yeah. But, who else do you like? In, one in of my the, favorite in things about one of my favorite things about McConnell and Ryan now is that yeah. there's a, in McConnell. Silicon Valley there's this sort of you know a goofy tradition of um, you know you'll put a fake PowerPoint presentation in front of somebody um, this is just for fun and it's full of nonsense slides and you have to present it as if it's an actual presentation. I feel Ooh, like, like that's karaoke. the way I feel mm-hmm. like karaoke for PowerPoint. It's really not that good at all. Um, but I feel like that's what Ryan and McConnell have to do to Trump's. Tweets like they are presented with this nonsense uh, thing that just happened. You know, he may have just um, like the morning he tweeted that the the legislation he actually wanted passed on FISA was actually something they shouldn't pass, and then they <laughs> ask Ryan and McConnell about it, and they have to sort of pretend like it's a real a real thing they're responding to, and they give it this sort of a gravitas that that, that everyone on the planet knows <laughs> doesn't exist. Um, yeah. It's just it's sort of like come on, yeah. you know, you oh, want to look at them oh, and go, come oh. on, come on. Yeah, no, and, and, and like the, the sort of soberness with which they yeah. make speeches that are palpably absurd. Uh, they know they're absurd, that you know they know they're absurd. Well, you hope they know they're absurd. <laughs> yeah, presumably. And Are any Democrats funny whatsoever? Oh, yeah. Such as? Um, well, I, my, one of my favorite things on SNL recently was they had this parody of like how hip and cool we are trying to be. And like, right, yeah. look, I'm Chuck Schumer. I'm standing in a field in a button down. <laughs> See, v- voters from the middle of the country will relate to this. <laughs> it's like we, we are the ones who aren't racist. But then again, we are very mad about the economy. Right, um, right. Sort of like, and like they, they did a very funny SNL parody of like Diane Feinstein, which I didn't realize you could do a Diane Feinstein yeah, impression until Cecily Strong <laughs> yeah. did this amazing one. And I'm like, that is Diane Feinstein. Uh, I didn't so, see that one. Oh, you got to watch yeah. it. It's yeah. a very hip, cool video. Yeah, she's uh, all up and bothered because she's got like, people running against her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, which is why she's running again, which is kind of funny. Um, but I so, do it, like, the internecine <laughs> warfare was, amongst yeah. Democrats. Yeah. Is I wasn't funny. going to run again, but now people are running against me. She, she, that's, I'm telling you. That's <laughs> you what forced I, my bunch, hand. I was with a bunch of you California forced like, people. Hand. Forced my hand. Like, they said if they had just been quiet, she would have yeah. gone. Like, she would have. I was going to retire, any, but. I was going to retire, but not now. Yeah. But I don't find any of the Democrats funny. Like, even in a, from a parody point of view, they're not, re- they're, I guess because they pale in comparison to the Republican panoply of idiots. Well, so. I think it sort of depends if you're, like, making fun of people qua people. Uh, it's easier to be like, oh, look at these people that Donald Trump has dredged up from right. under what strange rock. Right. But if you're making fun of, like, the sort of the issues and these sort of are very easily parodyable corners that people keep backing right. themselves into. I feel right. like the Democrats have their share of easily parodyable corners. What would you corners. have done if it was a Clinton administration? Made lots of jokes about it. I mean, can you imagine sitting through a Clinton administration? Because all, half of Yes, the, I can. Half, I of, can. No, half, but like half of the media would just be like, we, we need to light her on fire now. And like, <laughs> here, here's a bucket of pitch. Right. And like, here are 16 things that are wrong. Did you see the word pitch? I like yeah. that. Go ahead. I was oh, going to say, Kara, have you noticed that Alexander's vocabulary is a little <laughs> bit know. better than ours? I know it is. Yeah. Went to Harvard, though. Yeah, well, yeah. I know. I'm gonna use. Go to I'm gonna school? use Portmanteau this did afternoon. Where you go to college? Don't worry. I'm gonna talk. I'm just trying to. Don't worry. I'm thinking about how I'm gonna use Portmanteau in a sentence. Pa- portmanteau. <laughs> manteau, manteau. Uh, portmanteau. Um, well, where did you go to college, Dick Hostel? Um, it's Kathmandu in Portmanteau. All right. Are, um, you're not telling me. Where I you went, went to college. University of Michigan. Public school. Oh right. Public school. I went to. Is that the one where you say go blue, or the one where you don't? It is the one where you say go blue. Go blue. Go blue. No. Um, so is, is that the one in trouble right now? Because it's of not in any trouble. No, that's Michigan oh. State. Oh, all right. They're in so They're much the blue. trouble. They're in so much the trouble, yeah. and that's not something we joke no, about it's today. No, that's nothing. Not um, good. So, uh, so, so, but you think Democrats, Hillary Clinton, would have been just as funny as a? a I think we, we would have been able to like have comedic arguments about policy, which would have been right. nice instead of like jokes about oh nuclear war, <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, right. Uh. So, and also uh, other things. So, uh, do, do you write outside of Washington? We're gonna get, in the next section. We're going to talk about sort of what 
Yeah, I was going to ask if you oh, have yeah. any uh, inclination to go join your friend Megan out in the in sunny sunny Los Angeles. I think right that for would Hollywood. Be, yeah, no, I think that'd be fun. I, I like how I said I, Hollywood, like it's a play, like it's a, it's a like it's a company. Go right for Hollywood. Yeah, like Barton one Fink. elevator, you <laughs> you make all the pitches in the one elevator, which like that was how I pictured Hollywood for a long time. Was like you would go and just find an elevator and just stand in there, being like, no, but so there's a Supreme Court justice and she needs to go on a date, but who will find her a date? And uh, all right, on but, that note, when we get back, we're going to talk about that and more. We're here with Alexander Petrie. She's a very funny columnist for the Washington Post, and Dick is trying to get her to move to Hollywood right now. Um, and some of our favorite columns include, which we're going to talk about. Uh, uh, the Me Too movement. Ladies, let's be reasonable about Me Too or nothing will be sexy again. Uh, that was a particularly good column, by the way. Well, thank you. And we're here also with my co-host, Dick Costa. When we get back, we're going to talk more about comedy and politics. I'd also like to tell you about my other podcast, Too Embarrassed to Ask, which I host with Lauren Good from The Verge. You can find me on Facebook. I oh have my a public-facing Facebook page. <laughs> Just like say that's everything. me. All right, every, every Friday we answer your questions about consumer tech. Lauren, who did we talk to this week? Speaking of Facebook, we talked with Recode social media reporter Kurt Wagner about Facebook. Kurt, what did we talk about? We talked about Russia. We talked about newsfeed changes. We talked about the future of Facebook and whether it's to blame for all of our worldly issues. And mm-hmm. uh, took and some good addiction. We talked about addiction. addiction. Yeah. We mm-hmm. talked about a lot of stuff. Facebook got a lot of stuff going on. Got a lot of stuff going on. And it will be Kara, for the are you addicted to Facebook? No, I don't use Facebook at all. <laughs> I use Twitter. I'm addicted to Twitter. I jones for Twitter kind of thing. Anyway, it was a really great discussion, Kurt and Lauren, and we hope you'll go listen to it. You can find Too Embarrassed to Ask on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Too Embarrassed to Ask. See you there. Hey, this is Peter Kafka. I'm the host of Recode Media. If you like this podcast, you will also enjoy Code Media. It's basically a live version of a podcast just like this. It's a two-day gathering of the smartest and most interesting people in the media world. Kara Swisher and I will talk to them live on stage in Huntington Beach, California. It's a very nice place to be in February. You will also learn a lot. You will help your career. You will help your company. We want you to be there. Speakers include YouTube CEO Susan Wojcicki, HuffPost Editor-in-Chief Lydia Polgreen, Maggie Haberman, who you've probably heard of, uh, Adam Mosseri, who runs Facebook Newsfeed. Lots and lots of smart, interesting people. You should be one of them in attendance. Code Media is February 12th and 13th in Southern California. You can attend by going to recode.net slash events. I'm here in Washington, D.C. with my co-host for the month of January, Dick Costello, who is in San Francisco. Uh, we're talking to Alexandra Petri, a comedy columnist for The Washington Post, and she's got lots of material here in Washington. But uh, there's a couple things we want to talk about. One is, you know, why don't you go to Hollywood? Is, is, is that like, it's kind of an old school thing to do a comedy column, a politics column. There's been like, there's been tons of them uh, over the years, but it, it sort of, there weren't as many as, as there had been. There was Art Buckwall. There was, I guess, Maureen Dowd is considered that. Who do you look back at? When you think about that. And then I want to talk about going to Hollywood and doing other things where comedy is. Well, I really like – I actually think we're sort of in a, a boom for online comedy writing because if you think of it as like a traditional column, like the print newspaper on the one hand is getting thinner and thinner and fading away. And especially like local newspapers are having difficulties. Mm-hmm. But the internet is having this resurgence of comedy writing like never before. I think. Right. Because – as a bad millennial, I, I'm not enjoying this whole pivot to video that everyone's doing where yeah. suddenly it's all a video and you have to watch it for four minutes, even with the subtitles. And I like just reading something to get my mm-hmm. uh, whatever it is. And so there's late night comedy shows doing great work, but it's all in video format. But mm-hmm. if you like your jokes on the page, then like this is a great time to be writing jokes on a page. Right. And I feel like like the Internet uh, R.I.P. the all and R.I.P. the toast. But like, there, there were many great places for comedy writing online, and like, especially for female voices like Lindy West, like Mallory Ortberg. They weren't often political, and now like Lindy West like writes a column where she's it's not all caps and it's like a thoughtful, well researched, and still full of like amazing lines, but is not just like Titanic was bad and it's in all capital letters. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, no, I think like. It's both a vintage thing to be doing and actually a very of the now thing mm-hmm. to be doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you think is good now? They all did close. It all was very funny. The to- toast was the same thing. How do you, you know, and Dick and I have been talking this week about various places. Uh, people are doing comedy and some of it, you know, it's, it's, some people have said it's really hard to make money at. It's very hard. But there's obviously, there's a lot, like there's, Twitter is funny. There's tons oh, yeah. of stuff that's great on Twitter. Where do you like to, where do you think some of the more interesting stuff is happening? Well, yeah, I do enjoy Twitter. I enjoy um, the the aforementioned all in toast, although they're gone now. McSweeney's has a lot of good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like then, how Carol. I like how when I'm on, people oh, feel people feel compelled to say, "I do like Twitter." 
when I do, like on. I do like Twitter. <laughs> no, Twitter is funny. My grandmother Twitter used gotten... to. My grandmother, if my grandmother used to say about somebody, you know, I happen to like Alex, and that meant Alex is just about to get thrown right under the. That was it for Alex. No, no more. We'll be seeing him again. Twitter, I think Twitter is very funny. It's yeah, gotten like 100%. I find it extraordinarily funny lately, and it's helpful. Agreed. Actually, Agreed. Finally, fi- it's hateful. Oh come on! But it's oh, it's always been. It's always been funny. There's always been tons of great, uh, great stuff. Uh, on not that. as much as it feels better now because it. But it is, I mean, I feel like it's saying, like saying like a restaurant is funny because they do comedy there every Wednesday. Right. Like, Twitter's just a place where the conversation happens. It's like there's a certain type of funny that happens yeah. only on Twitter. And I, yes. I do enjoy like weird Twitter, Twitter humor, all of that. Yeah. Was um, it funnier at 140 characters or 280? I mean, people complained about 280, but I think like everyone secretly doesn't mind. Right. And, a little more time <laughs> to like express. Where else do you find things that are going on that you find interesting comedically? Well, I mean, the Onion... Uh, Click hole, Patriot hole, mm-hmm. uh, Breitbart. No, I'm kidding. Not Breitbart. Uh, <laughs> Is there anything but, funny on Breitbart? Well, I don't I, know. I started like watching Alex Jones, but partially because the, watching it, Alex Jones is fantastic. The yeah. the the Amazon Echo piece video with Alex Jones. Uh, you have what to you do? have to watch it. You have to see it. He oh, talks no. to the Amazon Echo, and basically infers from the way it communicates back to him that it's like listening at all times and Jeff Bezos is spying on all of us. And uh, <laughs> Oh, wow. I mean, it is listening at all he times. You have to have the wake just, word. Yeah. <laughs> he manages to make the echo look sentient, which is remarkable. Oh, yeah, wow. Alex and Alexa in conversation. Yeah. Right. Wow. Wow. Where, where, where else do you like to eat? What, do you, what else do you think is really great? Like Sam B, I think, is really great. Yeah. And, uh, uh, like Daily Show, Colbert, like everyone is stepping up their game now these days. SNL, right. right? Like when they hit it, they really hit it. Yeah, yeah. Did you like it this week? You, I haven't seen it this week. I haven't seen all of it. I see. Saw, it's so funny that everyone yeah. doesn't see it; they just see it later. I see the live clips on the internet, right? On weeks the after. So, do you imagine, as Dick asked, going elsewhere? Do you, or can you see a career writing political humor? The gig economy millennial in me is like, can I not do both of those things? Right. Um, but I would like to write something sort of bigger that gets to stay when the news of the day has evaporated because I, much as I love writing a column every day, that does mean that it's sort of like writing in water. <laughs> it, mm-hmm. You can put all kinds of craftsmanship or whatnot into it, or you can just type it really fast. But mm-hmm. either way, once the news cycle moves on, no one's like, oh, I, you know, I really want to go back to three months ago when you wrote that piece about Ted Cruz. Right. I really, for some reason, Ted, Ted Cruz is just coming up. Oh, man. Um, you have like a strange crush on Ted Cruz. <laughs> no. Yeah, um, I think so. By the way, when we but, get done with this, you know you're going to have a couple emails from uh, producers about, so tell me more about the Supreme Court justice who wants to go on a date. <laughs> Do you have, I mean, is that written up? Do you have a couple pages you could shoot me? You I know that's happening. Really quick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would actually be a very good show. No, but yeah. think of it. It's like, it'd be like a movie, I feel, because you'd have like a middle-aged Supreme Court justice, mm-hmm. sort of like a Kagan. Woman, and, woman or not. Oh, woman, 100%. Yeah. And so then, uh, like, maybe you start it where a crusty old sort of Scalia type, like, well, he'll like wingman with her and like, go on like hunting <laughs> right, trips. Right, and right, dates, right. And then, and then they'll this. fall in Come love. On. Oh, no, I wasn't even thinking they would they'll fall in love. No, they don't of fall in love. They, but, yeah, oh, yeah, they could. That's the size. That, that that he's in love with her, but she doesn't yeah. want to be with him. Yeah. She wants to All be right. with the guy the who's nothing like a Supreme Court justice. Yeah, yeah the highest courtship in the land. Um, <laughs> no. Come on. This, it's, it's you already, you're 90, no, you're okay. 90% of the way there. You are. Not, I hate to say it, but it's, Alexandra, we might have just launched a new career. <laughs> yeah. All right, I want to finish up. Dick only has a few Kara wants a credit on that, by the way. She <laughs> just do. wants a writer's executive, credit. <laughs> executive producer, because uh, there's like 90 of them. We have only a few more minutes with Dick Costlow as his, uh, his, his Cinderella time at Rico Decode is winding down. But let's finish up talking about the Me Too, because your last comment and the Me Too was tremendous. And I think a lot of people did actually initially take it seriously. Oh, like, yeah. come on, ladies, like feet up on the desk. Like several people were like, oh, this guy's a jerk. I'm like, it's a comedy column. <laughs> She's a lady. She's a lady, yeah. I think, well, part of it is sometimes there's just a trope that people start em- embracing without intentionally mm-hmm. realizing they're doing it that is like an inch from parody, we're sort of living in Poe's Law heaven where mm-hmm. a, the, a very earnest version of the thing itself is indistinguishable from a, a parody of the yep, thing. Yep. And so a lot of these like, oh, we've gone too far and how I won't be able to hug women at the office. I won't be able to go up to my uh, subordinates and ask them to bear my child any longer. How will the <laughs> office culture survive? And it's like, 
these are not things that should be happening. Right, 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 right. And on the other side, women don't say, that's not fair, you can't joke about it. Because I'm very nervous to make a Me Too joke online. I am, because I feel like, you know, oddly enough, I saw Rose McGowan yesterday in person at an event, and I was like, I'm not making any jokes. Like, I didn't, you know what I mean? Like, there's certain things you feel like you can't joke about, but I really enjoyed you joking about it, finally, because there is some humor to be found in every, even the most dire of stories. But I think it was, like, mostly a joke about, like, the backlash to it, because this idea that, oh, it's gone far enough, we've had... I guess uh, two, three months of it, and it's, it's done now because now we're uncomfortable. And like some people have kind of suffered some consequences in a specific area, and that's enough. I'm uncomfortable now. It, like that whole response has been fascinating. Yeah. Right. And so I was trying to poke fun at that, not be like, this movement should be over. Mm-hmm. Which I, I feel like you can make fun of the thing that's ridiculous in any circumstances. Right, yeah. right. Is there any other topics that you think or that you're going towards? Like it, it, the, the government shutdown, was that funny in any way? Well, I love, well, now we've gotten the most valuable concession you can possibly get uh, from anyone, which is the word of honor of Mitch McConnell that something <laughs> will probably be discussed. So, intend. As Merrick Garland knows so well, this is a badge that can be trusted and it's worth whatever concession you made. Oh my God, you made Mitch McConnell funny for two seconds, but I'm not sure. All right, Alexander, I want to finish up. Uh, Dick, do you have any other closing questions? No, I'm all good. I think we've gone through all my my agenda here. When you think about all this, it is a a dire time, and it's really nice when people do um, laugh about it. Um, even though it feels dire at the same time. You yeah. know, that's what's nice about doing that. But do you, um, would you imagine ever becoming a seri- like a news reporter after this or not? You're sticking well, with this. I've had so many opinions out there in the public sphere that I, I'm not sure I could go and sort of be, be like, just kidding, I don't have any opinions anymore. Right. I'm just a human being. I'm an eye and a microphone yeah. recording right. the news. Right. But everyone always says, well, opinion journalists can break news. And, I, and I'm like, I, the kind of opinion journalist that I am I'm not sure what news I'd be breaking. I, just, right. I want to kind of pitch, like, I'll just go and hang out at Mar-a-Lago for six weeks, and people will probably just say stuff around me, I and I'll be able counts. to have a lot of scoops. Between um, that and your Supreme Court show, I think you've got—that would be amazing. Yeah. Six weeks. David Farenhold is there right now, but he's not particularly funny. Oh, he's I love great, him. though. He's wonderful. Oh, I love David. Kara, like everyone you've mentioned at the Post, you've said, is not particularly funny. Every single— No, they are. But Dave is not David. funny. He's not funny, but he's lovely. He's fantastic. He's an amazing journalist, but not funny. <laughs> He's dead serious. He's a remarkably wonderful journalist. He's a wonderful journalist. He's also not He's literally at Mar-a-Lago and not making jokes. Just like hanging out. Hanging out, talking about charity balls. Um, Although whoever covered Stormy Daniels thing for you guys was brilliant. I have to say. Oh, man. Well, that, that's, that's a whole other show. I also show. love that, like, we're kind of not even paying attention to, to that. It's, it's a conversation that is happening. Right. But it's not, they're like, but there's so many things that are going on right now that we're yeah, kind of not yeah, paying attention to. Yeah, the fact that we're not to. paying attention to Stormy Daniels is really kind of something else. Anyway, Alexander, it was great talking to you. Thanks for coming on the show. And thanks again, Dick. Thanks for Thank having you me. Thank you so much for co-hosting this month. Thanks. If you enjoyed the interview as much as we did, be sure to subscribe to the show. Be the first to listen to future episodes or catch up on previous episodes, including interviews with Jib Jab CEO. Greg Spiridellis and stand-up comedian Sarah Cooper, both of which I did with Dick. You can find more than 175 past interviews in whatever app you listen to this or use our website, recode.net slash podcast. If you have a minute, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That helps other people find the show. Now that you're done with this, you should check out our other Recode Radio podcasts on Recode Media with Peter Kafka. You'll hear no-nonsense interviews with some of the smartest people in media and entertainment. I also host Too Embarrassed to Ask, along with Lauren Good of The Verge, where we answer all of your questions about consumer tech. And on Recode Replay, you can find audio from all of Recode's live events, including the Code Conference. This has been another great episode of Recode Decode. Thanks to our editor, Joel Robbie, and our producer, Eric Johnson. I'll be back here on Monday. Tune in then. <laughs>